0: Let's begin by all joining together and praying. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts who are here be pleasing in your sight, for you are our rock. You are our Redeemer. Amen. Can I solve a huge chunk of the tech issues, technology uh issues that you're gonna have in your life today? This way. You don't have to call your kids or kids. This way, your parents aren't going to ask you. Uh, This way, you don't have to go drop your phone off at a shop or start banging your head against the wall because you've tried everything and it just doesn't seem to work out. Really simple. Here it is. Do a restart. Now, I know, it's not going to fix everything, and i can be honest i don't know exactly how or why this seems to work every single time either but it works right your computer gets slowed down to this crawl and you're trying to just type in a word doc and you can't even get the words out restart it it's the morning and you want to get mcdonald's breakfast and you know that the app is better for mcdonald's breakfast and you try to order, and you click one thing, and then the loading circle just keeps loading and loading and loading. What do you do? Restart it. You have an $80 million piece of military equipment that stops working, and it starts to fall out of the sky. What do you do? Restart it. It's crazy. You do a restart, and for most technology that's in our lives... It works. It's the easiest, most consistent problem solving solution for technology that any IT smart person is ever gonna be able to tell you. Just do a restart. But you and I are not here for tech advice, no. We're here because our lives are so much more complex than holding down a button for 10 seconds And then everything starts to work again perfectly. Our lives can be broken to the point where we hit rock bottom. And we desperately need to start over. So how does that work? I can tell you it's not going to come from reading a book about successful or efficient people. Ten practical steps, as good as they might be, aren't going to be enough. No, if we want a new start, we need help that comes from outside of ourselves. And in this new series, that is exactly what we're going to see. People who messed up. People who need a change. People who cannot make it work by themselves. God steps in, does a restart for these people, and he makes life work again this first pair of people that we get to hear about who got a restart I think are the people who needed it the most. And to really understand Adam and Eve and what God did for these people, we've got to understand that their world to start with was not the world that you and I know. In the beginning, God created everything perfect. Perfect environment and temperature perfect food that they could eat for every single meal that was just a hand reach away perfect bodies that never felt any aches never felt any pains nothing bad ever wrong with them perfect relationships between each other husband and wife perfect all of the time perfect relationship between them and God so that they could talk to God face to face and it would be okay everything in their world was absolutely good and Adam and Eve got to live in a world and experience perfection (laughs) so why would they need a restart because you heard it They threw away perfection. In the perfect world that God gave them, God God gave them one simple command, one thing that he told them, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One thing. Everything else that they could have done was perfect and good. Every thought, every action, every feeling, perfect. But that one way of not doing that thing that was their way of showing God that they loved him that they honored him that they respected him and trusted him and his ways that was their way of being perfect with God and again I think it's really hard to hear what they did but here's one more time the account of the biggest mistake ever made And I don't really have a whole lot to add to this today, so we're going to do in big chunks uh, and just a little bit of commentary after each one. Here's the first part, verses 1 to 5. Now, the serpent, we know the devil, was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You see, their mistake starts with a half-truth. And pressure from what we know was the devil looking like a snake and his strategy, it's, it's pretty brilliant. It's to convince Adam and Eve that God is holding out on them. That God hasn't given them the perfect world that they think they have at that point. That if they took control for themselves, then they would finally get what they wanted. They would be like him. So, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom... She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate it. A couple important details with this little bit. No one forced them to eat. Adam, her husband, had been with her the whole time and watched all of this and didn't stop her and then took some for himself. No, they wanted to do this. It was their decision. And they went along with the devil's obviously wrong lies. And their mistake made a pretty big difference in life. Here's the next big section. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called out to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. Instead of the perfect life that they had, where they started, now now they felt shame and fear. Now instead of that perfect relationship, instantly they turned on each other and blamed each other. Now instead of being able to be truthful and honest and good, now when God asked them, excuses just started to flow out of their mouths. Now there was this part of them that was broken and messed up, a part of them that was actually convinced that all of this was God's fault. Adam and Eve didn't know it, but their mistake is foundational for understanding Christianity and this imperfect world that we know. Our world is broken because of them. No more perfect bodies. No more perfect relationships. No more perfect life here forever. No, their mess up had permanent consequences all the way down to us. And I think you and I listened to this. And we wonder why God didn't just start over. Why not wipe these people out and be done and do a reset? Because we know what mistakes and failures and living in a broken world looks like and feels like. It's a life where fear feels powerful and controlling in what we think and do. It's a world where massive natural disasters hit and kill thousands of people in a couple minutes. Where personal disasters happen in our lives and they crush us. It's a life where worry builds up to when that is going to happen for us if it hasn't happened. It's a world that's absolutely full of relationships that should be good and supportive and encouraging. But instead, we have a world where marriages feel like almost impossible work. Where families sometimes can't even stand to be in the same room together. We're strangers that we've never met our enemies without ever hearing a word from them. Our world is one that makes us do exactly the same thing that Adam and Eve did. We doubt God's perfect goodness to us because if he is a loving God, how could he allow We want a restart. I think that's kind of why the mercy rule exists in sports. Can you guys see the scoreboard? You can see what's up there, right? Do you know what the mercy rule is? If you've experienced it, I'm sorry, or congratulations. Uh, When a team is dominating by so much that the other team has no chance of coming back, then the mercy rule kicks in. The clock starts to run constantly so that The game finishes as fast as possible, or for some sports, if they do it, uh, the game ends immediately. It's too bad. It's too lopsided. It's over. Mercy rule. You're done. Do you like the mercy rule? I'm interested in looking at your faces right now because it really depends on what side you're on, right? If you're winning, oh, that feels great. That's like this badge of honor that you have. I mean, you don't remember a lot of the games that you play in sports in your life, but a mercy rule game, oh, that sticks. That stays here with you. And it's true of the other side. You definitely don't forget those games where you're losing and you're losing so bad that the mercy rule kicks in. That's embarrassing. You don't even get a chance to try to get out of how bad it is. It makes you wonder if the mercy rule is actually a good and helpful, merciful thing or if it's just this awful way to make you realize that you and your team have just hit rock bottom. This is what we would expect our God to do with his world after Adam and Eve made the biggest mistake and they broke it but instead what we see is God show mercy and crush the enemy. We hear how God is still on Adam and Eve's side, how he made this permanent promise to fix what they had done right after the biggest mistake that was ever made. God promises Jesus. In words that are not uh, filled with Jesus' name, this is the very first promise that people trusted in and looked forward to because God promised a solution. Talking to the devil, he says, I will put enmity, hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. God did hit restart by giving them something to hold on to to know that they were still going to be his people, to have absolute confidence that he would have mercy on their sins. God would do it, though. God had to crush all the brokenness, and God would give them a new life to live. This is how God restarts our lives, too. It's not a button push. It's Jesus. And just like Adam and Eve, he patiently and persistently calls out to us in his grace. He tells us that Adam and Eve's Savior that they looked forward to is our Savior that we look back to. He sends us daily back to Jesus and Jesus' forgiveness for every mistake, every time. And nothing's too big. The promise of Jesus answered this most impactful and awful sin that was ever done So it will answer every time that you make a mistake too. And this is why we started with Adam and Eve. And this is why we want to look at them and their mistake. It's kind of awesome that we get to see this. If the Lord forgives mistakes like that, you better believe he forgives you. He resets our perspectives so that we don't get lost in the mistakes of this messed up and broken world. In him, we look through this lens where we see every day as a day in his grace. We don't live in fear of punishment, but in faith and trust that we're forgiven. Relationships are not going to get to perfection here, but they're going to be based on grace and forgiveness, and that helps. And even when disaster hits, we can have absolute trust because his promised solution of Jesus is permanent and bigger than anything else. Connected to him, every day of our lives is a day of restarting in his good grace. So in the beginning, God did not restart his creation when it looked like he should have. Instead, he restarted our world by promising permanent forgiveness even for the biggest mistake. And as we do that, holding on to him and his promises, God will give us a new start too. Amen.